welcome to What You Wearing. In this episode, we're going to tell you all about the shirt dress. And we're also going to let you know, of course, our favorite hoat looks. And William has got an amazing escapade. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He's just got, he's going to tell you all about Halston. That's what he's going to do. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all coming up on What You Wearing. Oh my goodness, William. Hello, Mark Allen. I mean, sometimes getting together with you is like organizing 72 flights at JFK, but we are busy. Very we busy. are busy, busy fashion people making fashion happen for the for, masses. For the masses, for everyone. I had this great uh, pair of clients come in from to town last week. Yes. And they were just, they were super fun. And we got to go shopping and just hit all the stores. Uh huh. And the stores were open. I got my appointments and all that because, you know, you have to. Yes, yeah, the whole process just, now. You, you can't, can't just, just walk into Gucci. No walk-in. You gotta have like an appointment. You gotta be like sanitized. You have to, you know, they, you have to take a shower there. The whole thing. The whole thing. I don't know why I had Spray to take down. a shower. You're exactly. They hosed me down on my way in. Hosed you down. Anyway, and you know, Gucci's got like these crazy campaigns, right? Yes. You look at them and they're like, oh, there's rubber socks, and they've got all these crazy prints together, and they're, you know, it's it's always crazy looking. Well. I got in the dressing room there with a client, and there was so much beautiful stuff in there. And you it was mean like, like the interior of it? The clothing. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, like it really, like yeah, it's beautiful inside, but like to really get a person in there and in the clothes and skip all the press. Right. Like everything in every magazine is ugly to me. Right. But we went in there, and there was so many beautiful I agree. pieces. She bought I agree. these Kelly Green high-waisted boot-cut trousers mm -hmm. and I put them with a camel cardigan and layered golden pearl jewelry. I mean it was just like oh, nice. it was this elevated, chic, modern luxury that I just haven't seen for a long time. Yeah. And it was really fun to have it be in Gucci. And yeah, she got one monogram cardigan. Uh-huh. But there was so much that had no Gucci anywhere on it. Right. And it Which was is just, a lot of it. It was so, There's yeah. a lot of no monogram situations. In yeah, yeah, but there's a lot of the monogram. Like, what you see in the windows and what you see in the magazines are all monogram. Yeah. But when you go in the store and really try things on and see what there is, yes. there were so many beautiful things. So it was That's so true. much fun to do. And being out in the stores, I just realized I... First of all, I love getting back in the stores. Yes. And I'm really excited to have summer coming. Me too. You know? Change of season. Change of season. And one of the things about change of season is I've always been really anti-linen. Me too. I don't mean like Stalin and linen. I mean <laughs> linen to fabric. Yeah. <laughs> now, what, 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 what's your reason for not it's shying the, away from it, I guess? It, well, first of all, it's the wrinkles. That's, that and was it, my... You okay, always that, look unkempt. That was my thing. Unkept. Or whatever. Someone's going to correct me for sure. No, I think it could be both. Uh, I could be yeah. wrong too. But unkempt I don't know. and unkept. I mean, we're foyer and foyer. Unkempt and unkept. I like that. Yeah, I'm all of that. And that's a t shirt. It is. I mean, <laughs> that we'll talk about later. Yes. Um, but, you know, I just have never really been a huge fan of it. But I just have to say that this season, I'm just feeling that there's this relaxed, elegant in it, elegance in there. And you were, um, you yeah. got this fun doing, new. Yeah, I've been doing some visual merchandising for this um, luxury brand out of Italy. And it's all linen. And it has changed my perspective on linen. Yeah, and you told me to come check it out. I was like, ugh, linen. Oh, my gosh. I come in there. And it was... 
I mean, there were so many pieces in there. Yeah. Like, I could just see people layering and they were light. And I think part of the selling for me was on that particular brand that mm-hmm. the the linen's all been um, color fast. Yes. So that you can actually throw it in the washing machine. Yes. And then it has... And I thought, like, you know, that's really great. Mm-hmm. And it, it also feels like... The wrinkles now, I don't know what's going on, but the wrinkles for me now almost provide texture. You're totally right. You're totally right. And your perspective is different toward it now because I think when we think traditional linen, it's either white or very, very pale, pale colors. But, you know, with this brand, there's now more saturated colors because of the batch dyeing and there's cool prints. Yeah, it was just like this, an amazing bright aqua and peach and coral and... Just all these colors, and I just kept... It made me think of that old brand, Calypso, that died. Remember mm-hmm. Calypso mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. So it, not in terms of like the same product mix at all, but it just had that same feeling of this is where to go to buy resort. And it just... It opened my mind up like, wow, we can be getting back into fun, you know, soft, cozy linen, because it just says summer, and it gets hot in LA. It does. And I also think, believe it or not, us being more receptive to the fabric is also what we're coming out of pandemic-wise. I think it's a nice transition into fashion without going back into restricted kind of corsetry and like fitted jackets. You know? Oh yeah, well people gotta like wear baggy stuff to cover that like COVID 45. Right. I mean so the I COVID think... 10 is a lie. That's a lie. I was a, I I fell victim to the ten. I Did will, you? I will admit, and uh-huh. I was stunned uh-huh. and scared. When I, I was told this at my by my doctor. I at remember my, you were at my house and you stepped on that scale. Uh, and you, were like, you heard me no. scream from the bathroom. I heard you scream from the bathroom. I'm like, what is taking you What's so wrong? long? What's You're wrong? Like, I'm taking all my clothes off. This can't be right. I'm like, you are in my house. Put your clothes back on. Oh it's not gosh. working. It's I'm still not, 10 pounds heavier. The scale's broken. I totally am <laughs> with meltdown. you on that. Yeah, it's a meltdown. It's a completely, it's a complete meltdown that comes from that. But I, I can see myself really getting kind of back into it. I have a linen shirt. Like, in my whole wardrobe, I have one linen shirt. Now, yeah. you used to have some linen Dolce Gabbana white pants. Uh-huh. But they were so sheer. And then what do you do for underwear? You have to be selective. I mean, you you wear a thong, but then you can see the thong in the right thing. And come on now, not that I would ever wear a thong. But I think it could be cool with the the sheer issue is when you, let's say if you have on white uh, pants. I think it's cool to get that, you know, little hint of white underwear. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, because it kind of, yeah, I think it's cool. Okay, so at what point does that become like way too... Man whore, you know what I mean? Well, not like man whore. Some I guys look, like at a, at a party, and you're like, "That's his underwear." I mean, at what point? Well, I think it's more like because if you think about it, even if you have on like white pants, you're gonna see like where the pockets have been inserted. So it's kind of that opaque, yeah, but, uh, kind of illusiony, like illusion moment. I'm just trying to romance. It, I know but you are. I but think I think that there's okay. So when you were at Gucci, taking yeah. back to that, when you were at yeah. Gucci, there was this really great like light cream color short, mm-hmm. and the short, the way that they had done it is all the pockets were done in a tan linen that oh. was the same color fabric as the shorts, and oh. it just didn't show up as a contrast at all, and you couldn't see the pocket. Oh, I think I like to go that. and buy a pair of pants, like a beautiful pair of pants, and to be able to see the entire line of the pockets, I just don't think it's that great. It's not great, but, you know, it's an excuse. You know, I'm I'm looking at it like, you know, when Dolce & Gabbana kind of honed in on the exposed bra. 
The yeah. dresses and sheerness. Yeah, and but Madonna in a boosty and a bra is not the same thing as Joe Schmo wearing a pair of white linen pants well, with his Joe DVD showing. If Joe Schmo has the right body. I mean, I can guarantee you. Do it. I can guarantee you that the Joe Schmo that's going to wear it without that should does not, not have the right body. Should not be. Yes. I'm just saying. Anyway. You're right. Anyway, anyway. So that is my little rant I have to tell you about linen. But I think I'm ready to... To dive in this season. Are you ready to dive in? I am. Okay, I I'm am. with you. I like I said, I'm I'm surprised and shocked, but teaches you never to say never. Never. I do have a black linen t-shirt. And Ooh, the problem nice. with that thing was every time I washed it, it got more and more crooked. Cool. So like, because I don't know, I might have thrown it in the dryer, but you just keep it like washing and washing it. And so what happens is, you know, if you look at a t-shirt and there's two side seams that go down. And it starts, I know exactly. It, it starts, starts twisting. That and so happens. by the time I put it on, I like walk it in circles and the left seams like in front of my belly button. It's that like, happens. Goodbye. I'm, yeah, I've Goodbye. That. Goodbye. I've that is my that. t-shirt problem. Yeah. 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 And we got to discuss more about the t-shirt situation. What t-shirt situation? Do we want to talk about that now? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, what do you want to say about that? Well, I think we're going to talk about the fact, and this has been an issue for years, the armholes. For years? Like, this has been, been, like, in therapy with? No, I, it's just something I forget about, and then I notice again. It, it, the sleeve armholes are always huge, and I don't understand why that is. I don't know if it's, maybe I'm, I have t-shirts for too long, or, like, I... I it, I don't Do you know. Mean if the sleeve. Okay, so that's a great the question. Armhole the the actual teeth. hole that your arm goes through right. is too big. Yeah. It starts off fitted and cute. But maybe but you're keeping them too long. I think that's the problem. Yeah. But I don't have that issue with like cheap t shirts. Like, I know. Six in a pack Hanes, they're fine. But Do when they I. They still make those? I'm sure they do. Six, okay. Well, six in the pack, somebody. Well, the fact that you're not sure that they do tells me you don't have six in the pack hangs. I'm just saying. I don't, but and I know I'm just going to call you out on I that. Still, I think they still exist. But what I'm saying is, like, the luxury brand ones should be better than the cheapy, like, cheap ones. Yeah, but, you know, I wonder if... So, first of all, I can tell you that this. what I'm seeing is the styles are so boxy, so big right now. That is just... That's part of the aesthetic. And there's a lot of that drop shoulder where the seam is even on your shoulder and it's all the way down. But then that's that's when it's okay to have, but, you know. But, but the but, basic t-shirts, I mean, like, hmm. go to cost. I'm telling you, that's why I buy all my t-shirts. They're $22. Okay. And they're, you okay, know, fit great. And they're just right up the arm. And they're just throwing the washing machine, hang dry them. They last me, you know, 20 wears. And I turn them into a gym tee. No, okay. I got a new tailor, by the way, changing my life. Really? And I gave him an old cost tee. And I said, can you make this sleeveless? And he went and cut the arms out and literally finished all the side. It, it is like the perfect gym sleeveless t-shirt. I love that you're having a workout top redone by a tailor. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how I roll. Now, it did cost me more than the shirt itself did to do, but do you know how hard it is to find the right workout shirt? Oh. Well, no, no because shirts are hard for me. I just take old t-shirt and just cut the arms off. I don't go to a tailor uh, and have it like... No, I'll tell you, okay, you know, I tried that one out. No, I, mean, no, I got on. some scissors at one time, and I thought I would do just that, William. Right. You went to fashion school, so you know yeah. more than I do. But now listen, uh, I cut that. I got to the gym. Uh -huh. when we used to go to that same gym in North Hollywood. Right. I got to the gym one day. Yeah. I had cut it so crooked that my right nipple was literally out saying hi to the world for an entire workout. Now, how... Mark Allen. <laughs> do not... You do not have to be a fashion student. All you have to do is take the t-shirt, 
Fold it in no, half. No. That's all you have to do. I did that. And cut along the I seam, it. and no, it's perfect. But if I went right at the sleeve, it was I wanted to come in a little bit more. Oh, see, that's where you messed up. That's, You're trying to get creative. <laughs> well, that's where your problem lies. <laughs> but then if you cut like at the seam, then you've got like this little kind of trim thing. So you have to cut on the other side of this shoulder. Are seam. you forgetting? You're working out. It's not about like. I wanted to. Be, I want to look. You're not on the, the red mirror. carpet. I do. I never in my life spend as much time looking at myself in a mirror as when I'm at the gym. So I want to look cute. Oh, I avoid all mirrors. Oh, I, do I, am, my, I, I do my workout and I leave. I don't want. I'm a, I don't I'm a mirror anything. person. That's fine. We will move on from my sleeveless t-shirt situation. I hear you about the armhole situation. Make a t-shirt line. Get over it. But next, please just move on and tell us all about our vocabulary word. And that is the shirt dress. Okay, now, yes. please tell me how this is a vocabulary word, because everyone knows what shirt dress is. Well, I think everyone knows maybe what it is, but they don't know the origin of it. Okay, this better be a good origin story. Well, <laughs> better than Star Wars business I tried to watch. I could not without Star Wars. Anyway, so tell us the origin story of the shirt dress. Well, it was actually brought into fashion and kind of made... Uh, in vogue and chic by designer Halston in the 70s. And okay. it was basically a play on androgyny. It was the woman coming out of being in the home and going into the workforce. And this was kind of a play on the man's, on the man's dress shirt. Oh, so and I always thought that the original dress shirt, I mean, the dre dress Shirt, shirt, shirt dress. dress. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have like the opposite of dyslexia or whatever it is. I always thought the original shirt dress and all of that was from Diane von Furstenberg. That's the wrap dress. <laughs> oh my God. It's so good I'm pretty. No. I can see pretty. I'm just I saying cannot, no. No, I can't believe you thought that. But isn't the shirt dress and a wrap? I guess shirt dress and a wrap dress aren't the same thing. No, That's they're true. not. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, shirt so. dress, button straight down the front. Okay, so what makes a shirt dress, dress a shirt dress? It's basically a, like I'm like I said. It's basically a men's dress shirt, kind of tailored to a woman's body. Okay. So it's lengthened. It's brought in on the sides, and you wear it as it is. And you might just belt it. Belt it, or um, the uh, you can also do like um, you could do taper like, it a little bit in the middle. You too, could taper it, or you could person. wear it really big, like oversized and like thigh high boots. Okay, and you can do it with like sneakers or flats or little heels. Yeah, and, and it like still that. looks cute and chic, and you have your little, you know, statement handbag, and you're good to go. I had a client, and I sold her a shirt dress uh -huh. from Acris. Oh, and yeah. she loved it. They really it. mastered and, that. Oh, yeah. It was navy. It was like a blue and had this orange stripe in it. And we both loved it. It was on sale. We're like, yes, this is great. Uh -huh. And so we got it, but it was just so big and voluminous. Unboxing it on her. Right. So I said, oh, we'll just taper it. So we tapered it in, and when we tapered it in, it lost the entire aesthetic of it. And we kept staring at it, going, what are we going to do? So we just cut it into a tunic. And now she's super cute in yeah. that tunic. Yeah. And I think with a shirt dress, it's best to just leave, leave it boxy. Leave it almost like a, like a boxy, almost kimono shape. And then... That's it. Yeah, I just bought a couple Dries dresses too. Mm -hmm. And Dries Van Noten had these amazing um, shirt dresses this season that mm -hmm. were that Lynn Dye, I think it is, that fa the artist. Anyway, they're doing mm. this major collaboration right now with all oh, these wow. prints. And these shirt dresses are like pink and green and they're like swirl fabrics and they're just straight up shirt dresses. But they were so good that my client got two colors. Oh, nice. Yeah, they were lovely. And it's also, I think it's also a piece any age wears. Any body type can wear. It's like 
it's universal, I think. Now, what it's do you think? Piece. So, like, when you say that Halston brought that in the, from androgyny, so it's like a woman is trying to get out of that Susie homemaker thing in the 70s. Exactly. And so she puts on a man's dress shirt idea and then throws, like, that would be, like, I could see that at the time being really yeah, avant-garde and, and kind of cool. Yeah, and I think uh, Donna Karen kind of took it one step further and made it a bodysuit. Oh, yeah. Where it was a man's shirt to the waist, but then from the waist to, like, between the legs was, like, a bodysuit. I remember that. So then you would basically be a tuck-in. Yes. So you'd, like, it's like a, yeah, so it's a body sh- a bodysuit where mm-hmm. the, it's a, a men's dress, a, a women's dress shirt up top on it. Uh-huh. And who do you think does the best shirt dresses today? Hmm. Because <clears throat> I've been I, buying, I can, I, I have a lot of clients who love a good shirt dress. I would say... I would say Acris yeah. really nails it. Like, yeah. I, if I had to say one, Acris, and for sure, um, Dries Van Noten. Yeah. But if I find it's also now, it's almost a staple in almost every brand you can think of. Almost every brand you can think of does some sort of shirt dress. Yeah. You know, um, Brooks Brothers, mm-hmm. they do a great shirt dress. Oh, yeah. They take all that menswear fabric. Because that's what I really love. Is it, it is also very preppy, I find. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could do something at Margiela or some other designer and be like, oh, yeah, but when you put that Brooks Brothers prissy girl with some hoops on right. and, you know, flip the collar and right. do that. It can be such a fun with the shirt dress. Yeah, like um, uh, the design team Monse. Yeah. Monse, Monse. Monse. They've done a brilliant twist on, probably speaks more to me, yeah. a twist <laughs> on the shirt dress where the, 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 the when you button it, the hems are completely off. Yeah, it's, that would drive most of my clients Or the back of the the back of the shirt is like a piece of a pleated shirt. Yeah. Where it's kind of, you know, juxtap- juxtaposition and kind of off. Yeah, so asymmetrical. Yeah, kind of weird yeah. and yeah. like not so My f- clients would make me straighten out the hem, so yeah, we don't yeah. buy that. Yeah, I like, anyway, a little, I like I, it a little crooked. <laughs> well, thank you for letting me know all about the shirt dress. Absolutely. I, now I want you to tell me one other thing, and that is, what is, William, your hot look? I have... Two hot looks. Oh my goodness. They're really quick and they're on the same person. Oh, you got They're it. on my girl. You're fanning somebody. She's, no, actually she's a friend. She's one of my muses. I've worked with her for years. Miss Lana Condor, the actress. Lana Condor, I don't know who that is. You don't know Lana Condor? Yeah, I don't know anybody. She's an You're amazing... the one that introduced me to that other girl. Who is that? Lana Del Rey? The other Lana? Mm, Lana Del Rey, no. Isn't I think she you're a singer? Think, you're thinking about Billie Eilish. I think. No, the Lana Del Rey, other, that's another singer named Lana Del Rey. That, she is a singer, but okay, I I never, I've never. You told me about her. Not me, because I'm not really. I'm not a big fan of hers. <laughs> so I don't know if I would be I doing PR I so on them. I don't her. know them. I don't even know. Like Anyway, there's a lot of people I don't know, so don't take offense. So, but what has she been in that I would know? She was in the last, the last X-Men movie. Oh, okay, great. Yes. Awesome. So I dressed her for that whole press junket, and she's a dear friend. I love her. I know her mom. Um, Lana Condor. Condor, yes. Okay. Gorgeous girl. Um, she went to the Costume Designers Guild Awards, and she gave you two looks. Uh-oh. <laughs> like a wardrobe change during the event? I have to research why there were two looks, but it was two looks at the same event. Maybe okay. it was because it was the Costume Designers. And uh, she wore Christian's Seriano. The only way to describe it, and you'll have to wait till we post what it looks like, um, is the shape of it is almost like Stepford Wife, 
fit and flare. That's the silhouette. Okay. But it was done in like sheer lace. So it was a lot of skin, but the, sh the shape was traditional. But, oh, nice. But it was really vampy and sexy and kind of a, a, a departure from her sweet good girl. Now, fashion people, by the way, we always use this phrase, fit and flare. What fit and flare means is that something's really fitted through the waist, then it comes down to like really fitted through the hips and the booty, mm -hmm. almost down to the knees, and then it flares out. Right. And we just call that fit and flare. Yeah. And in her case, it was tight, 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 fit to the waist, and then just full on like, oh, bell to the floor. And what color was it? Black. Okay, awesome. So in black, it took a, like a little vampy vibe. Sheer lace, and love that. Then her second look was by Prabal Garang. Yeah. And it Which is like this, where is that designer from? I want to say... I don't remember. I want to say Thailand. Thailand, or... yeah. Somewhere like that. I, I, I have seen their stuff. I don't know if it's a he or it's she. It's a he. I have seen his stuff, his prints and all that are amazing. Right. Yeah. He kind of is like a new age kind of brother to Dries. Yeah, kinda, I can see that. that I vibe. can see that. A lot of color block and a lot of big prints on big prints on big prints. Yeah, so he did this kind of, if you can imagine, like a Bordeaux colored turtleneck. With a uh, uh, ostrich feather detail that went diagonally across the front, and then if you could imagine a Tiffany blue bubble skirt over cigarette pants. Now, I know that sounds complicated. Oh, sounds horrible. That sounds complicated, but when I like you, guys, you say complicated, and I say it horrible. is because I could tell it to get into it. It was complicated, but it looked fantastic on her, and it was a runway look, and it's hard to pull off a runway look on. Uh, a shorter woman because she's a shorter woman than a runway girl but it it proportionally looks fantastic on her so oh i love that you nailed it lana i mean go lana now i would just before i go to my whole look <laughs> i wanted to say one thing you just said to me remember you said the word vamp right right mm -hmm. do you remember when chanel launched vamp nail polish uh-huh okay so I was doing a lot of business at Chanel at the time, and Vamp was like this burgundy, chocolate brown, really deep color. It was like a big deal that they were starting to really go big on this color thing, and they were it was like a in-demand color. You know what did it first, though, I think? Because I know the era you're talking about. I feel like Mac did brought that. Ma but Mac didn't really. I mean, Mac was like... Mac yes, is what probably, made it, like... Probably, yeah. but, but Mac was just... A, it's like, Mac's like the more... Pros and maybe like a little, but You're Mac right. wasn't Especially fashion. Then. Especially, it wasn't, then. yeah, it wasn't it was like insiders it was like an insider kind of thing. Yeah, but to yeah. really right. get it like on the fashion to where it was like a full page in Vogue and people were talking about it. And Anna Wintour like wore the nail polish to a party, be like, oh, I love that color. You're right. And so people, anyway, this buzz got crazy around it. And mm. I remember being at Chanel Rodeo Drive, and Farrah Fawcett was calling in from her car, begging for them to give her some vamp. And they're like, we have, we have, we're still, we're back. We have a list of a hundred people waiting for this nail polish. It's like twenty bucks or whatever. We have a hundred people waiting for this nail polish. We cannot give it to you. She goes, I want the sample. I'll give you, I'll give you hundred dollars oh, wow. for the sample. I was like, oh wow. And then so eventually she just came to the parking lot and they painted her nails in the parking lot because she was. Stop done. it. Yes, I love that. Stop it. I mean, I believe Look, it. Look, a girl wants what, what a girl, girl wants, and okay. she wants it now. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'll tell you a story about Farrah Fawcett, Tori Spelling, and the baby potato on another day oh wow yes that's right that's a lot okay so now that. my hot look i was i yes. had something else in mind and i got this email the other day and it instantly became my hot look what is it it is the chicest chicest 
she guessed mm-hmm. mama thing I've ever seen. Mama it, thing. It is the new Christian Dior baby carriage. Really? Did you see it? No. Okay, it is out of the navy Dior print. That's like the, the navy monogram? denim, the okay. monogram. Okay. And it's a full, beautifully made carriage. There's two versions. There's like the one that's an upright, and uh-huh. there's another one that's a, called like a prim, which uh-huh. is like a full babe, like a bassinet is what Ooh, it's called. Where you yeah. push the bassinet. Like, the bassinet is seventy nine hundred dollars. If it's done right, I can see that. And the other one is five thousand, which is five thousand dollars is like a Chanel bag. So okay, if you're that customer, it's right? Like, okay, fine. You don't care. Baby carriage. It is so chic. It made me want to have a baby. I mean, I don't want to keep the baby. I have a vision of what it, it looks like in my head, it but is I can't wait so, to see it. So it's like denim blue, Dior monogram all over it, and mm-hmm. the campaign was like all these little Dior kids everywhere, and I was just like, wow, that. And it's like looked, and it's made. It's, it was made through a collaboration with an actual manufacturer of those products. Oh, so it's so it's, it's like sturdy, oh, and amazing, and you're you've got to look it up. It is a killer. I want to see it this. It is all about being Dior baby. I'm just gonna say Dior baby. And now you know moms are pretty powerful, but you know who else is really powerful? Who is our power player? Halston, tell us all about him. Well, Halston, born Roy Halston Frowick. So I think you Say know. It. What is it? Frowick. Frowick. F R O W I C K. So you can see why he kind of dropped Roy and the last name and just. Yeah, Roy went, Frowick. Yeah, that's not. But Roy Orbison, that was pretty good, Roy. But not in fashion. <laughs> He was playing a Roy, gu- he was playing a guitar. Roy Rogers, <laughs> no, no, that's a great drink. A <laughs> <Or> horse. <laughs> what are we even talking about? I'm sorry. Why do you guys even listen to us? You're so good to us. Okay, go ahead. Well, Halston was born in Des Moines, Iowa. What? Yes. Roy Halston. Now, where did Halston come from? Des Moines, I mean, Iowa. I mean, the that's Midwest. Crazy. But what a lot of our mean? great American designers come from the Midwest. There's okay. several. So okay. there's something about they have the, the stylish moms. I think that, and I think they have to, since they're out in the country, their imagination has to be a little more robust. Yeah, so, you know, I also wonder if, like, back then, without internet and without all of that, if you're, you're, you your imagination to, yeah. was required. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what this generation comes up with when you don't need to use your imagination in the same well, way. Well, the proof is in the pudding. Oh! We don't, we're, not, we're not seeing the same talent that it's we used to. It's a bunch of boring monogram. Boring well, there's no, well, like to your point, there's no reason for exploring your your brain and your creativity and your imagination now. So yeah. it's like, it, it's different, you know. Yeah, I got that. They're creating, but they're different. All right, so he's Roy's from Roy's from Iowa. Yes, Des Moines, and he he developed his early interest in sewing from his grandmother, as many of us do. I find that very interesting. <laughs> in 1952, he moved to Chicago and attended the Art Institute of Chicago. Wow! Great. While in while in school, he worked as a window dresser. He now, a window dresser is that different than a visual mer- merchandiser? I have a feeling that's what they called right. visual people then. Yeah, and so a window dresser is different. Which I don't love that term. I'm going to start calling you a window dresser. No, I'm not really into that. <laughs> well, but, you know, like, I said window dresser at Dolce. <laughs> right. Like, uh, but okay. it is what it is, it you is know. It is what it is, yeah. He opened his own, believe it or not, hat business. That's how he began as a milliner. Now, we talked about that. Remember on the Bergdorf Goodman? 
When we covered that's Bergdorf right. Goodman, we that's talked right. about that. That's, that's right. at, Bergdorf Goodman is actually where he sold hats. Yeah, right? that's yeah, 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 yeah. So this is actually the I guess the for right before he got that gig. So he opened his own little boutique in 1957 on Michigan Avenue called Boulevard Salon. Oh my god! It was just a hat shop. It was just hats. And he was making all the hats. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Those must be so valuable if you can find yeah. one. Right. Right. Now Michigan Avenue is like the Rodeo Drive of Chicago. Yeah. It's right. It's, yeah. It's it, it's. Is if, it more like the Rodeo Drive of Chicago I or would the say Park Avenue of if, Chicago? I would say it's if Madison Avenue and Rodeo Drive. Had a baby. Oh, wouldn't that be a great baby? Yeah, yeah. because the streets are pristine. Like, there's nothing like yeah. gritty about it. So it's like a combo of those two. Unfortunately, that boutique only lasted one year. <laughs> <laughs> but again, another thing: failure is part of it. Include yeah, the failure. That's true. The failure. There's... It's what you do with your failure that makes the difference. That's true. He that lasted a year. Like I said, then he moved to New York and became. The head milliner at Bergdorf Goodman, as we just said. Right, but can I just say again how amazing it is that a department store mm-hmm. would have on staff in the department store a milliner? Yeah. I and mean, the, But that's also an era where it was all about hats. Like, yeah, that's, everyone everybody hat was every wearing day. hats. I love that, though. Ugh. And, he, and, of course, he did hats for every socialite you can name. But his most famous hat, and I guess what really blew him on, you know, on the global scene, was he did the inaugural pill hat for Jackie Onassis. Wow. For the inaugural swearing-in of her husband. But the funny thing about that President is... President Onassis, right? No, President Kennedy. Oh, that's right. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. But the interesting thing was the day of his inauguration was super, super windy. So her trying to keep her hat on, she created a dent in the back of the hat. The interesting thing eno- enough is... All the people that wanted to copy the hat that Jackie wore included the dent, thinking oh, it. Oh my god! Thinking it, it was shape. design, but they didn't realize that dent was there because she was trying to hold a hat on. Do you know how much stuff in life happens out of an accident like that? Oh yeah. I mean, not to interrupt, but you do. You, do you remember when Madonna was rolling around at the MTV Music Awards when she first performed there? Right, there was a mishap in the Like a Virgin. Yes, there was and a mishap. And she was running. Well, what happened? What had happened was, what happened was she dropped her microphone. And it was during the dancing, and so she literally, the only way she could get down to get it, she thought she would just get down on her hands and knees, and, and then she'd roll over, grab that the microphone, roll back, and it was like, she'd probably like choreographed an entire thing for weeks, and the one mistake that she did is like, famous. Right. Right? So right. I love this. So Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> Trying to hold the hat on, <laughs> put a dent in it, and the funny thing is, is... Halston, fa- that is fashion power, by the way. The funny thing is, I guess Halston, you know, wanting to keep true to his design, was freaking out that the dent was in there. So he's watching like, oh my God, the dent is in the hat. It's going to be photographed. I'm done. I'm ruined. Blah, blah, blah. That was all everybody was copying. Wow. Isn't that just brilliant? Yeah. I love that. So, you know, that was the 60s. And going into the mid 60s, hats kind of weren't as popular and as wanted by everyone, so he moved into designing women's wear. Okay. After his first collection, Newsweek dubbed him the premier fashion designer of all America. Now, what year was this? That Newsweek was doing the fashion reporting? (laughs) Well, well, remember, the hat... The hat started in the early 60s, so we're talking mid-60s. Oh, my goodness. So, Newsweek. Could you imagine right now opening up a Newsweek to see what's going on with Well, it's just like, you know, sometimes Time Magazine will put a fashion person on the cover. 
Mm-hmm. Right? When's the last time that happened? Anyway, next. <laughs> I can't answer that. Exactly. Your face, you're like, oh. Um, can I get back to you on yeah, that? Exactly. <laughs> Don't quote me. That's my famous line. <laughs> um, so Texas millionaire Estelle March was his first backer behind the designer that really gave him freedom to do his own thing and mm. be creative. We love her. Mm. Props to Estelle. It's all about who's backing you. That dictates... But it is so the- much of that, and it's like, you know, there. I, I don't know that there's that same class of people that just want to get behind artists and support them, no. not just for a return, but for the glory of creating art with somebody. Well, it's, it's, it's to support an artist. I yeah. don't think... I don't think there's that many people doing that now. Yeah. And I think you would, if, if Basquiat or or Andy Warhol or people like that were now, they wouldn't get that money kind of just thrown at them because they're, they can just create. Yeah. I just don't think people are putting money into stuff like that. But uh, he opened his first boutique in 1968 on Madison Avenue. Mm. Mm-hmm. And he launched his first ready-to-wear collection called Halston Limited in oh. 1969. Okay. The designs were minimal, simple, clean, and sophisticated. His designs were soft, luxurious, and he used fabrics like silk, chiffon, jersey. And he kind of was the first or one of the most famous designers that started taking away, uh, I guess you'd say clutter on clothing, like no bows, no ruff- no ruffles. Um, any closures were kind of like hidden. So he okay. did a lot of hooks and eyes, a lot of um, wrapping. So at the time he was very contemporary, right? Very contemporary. Yeah, so like, because I remember that time period, it was all about the bow and the pastel suit and the perfect, you know, knee length skirt and... You know, all the little trimmings and matching grow grain ribbons and all that stuff. Yeah. And he's like, nope, we're going to get rid of all that and we're doing... I mean, what if someone like in the <coughs> South, you know, would look at... Hall- like someone shows up in a Halston gown, mm-hmm. it would be like them showing up in a Versace gown now to a conservative. Oh, 100%. Party. Yeah. 100% because he kind of changed the the constricted designs that women were wearing them then and let revealing fabrics shape the body and show the natural flow of the woman's body. So the woman's body kind of did the work as opposed to the shape of the construction of a suit or corsetry or what have you. And that's really tied in also to the time period of the liberation of the women's body. Yeah. Like women no longer had to do what men said and they were able to... Remember we talked about that before too when we were talking about how... As women became in, entering into the workplace, they were making their own money, mm-hmm. and they got to start buying things that they liked, mm-hmm. not just buying what their husband would approve of, right. or what their husband would buy them. Right, and that was probably what, like you said, that's probably one of the first generations, like you said, of women making their own money, like yeah. not needing to ask, "Can I wear this? Do you like this?" They could just put it on. Right, and remember because those Bergdorf Goodman salons, they would go into the salon to shop together and mm-hmm. the husband would sit there and the husband uh-huh. was always with them and saying, yeah, you're nay. And he would have to approve everything. Oh, those husbands. He had to approve everything. Those husbands. <laughs> I got a couple husbands now that are driving me crazy trying oh, aren't to you lucky. tell me not to shop anymore. Aren't you lucky? I know. Well, I don't mean my husband. I'm talking about... <laughs> let me clarify. I, oh, I came out like, oh, that's what it sounded no, like. No, no, it's not, I don't got a couple of husbands telling me to stop spending money. I got a couple of clients whose husbands want me to stop spending all their money. To be clear. Okay, to be clear. Right. I still have zero husbands. Uh, you're not alone. Zero. It's, you are not alone. alone. I, I am 
here with you. I'm know. here with you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> oh, we cannot afford that no, for we sure. We can't. We can't. Now, Bohosa was probably one of the first, I guess, celebrity designers. He was one of the first designers that was probably as famous as his clients. Now, do you also? I'm gonna, I'm I'm so intrigued yeah, by this guy. Me. But do you do you think that also has to do with the timing? Like this is also when media got bigger and there was more coverage for Oscars and there was more coverage happening. I think it was timing, and I also think it was, aside from the brilliant designs that he, Halston did and other designers like him, part of who they were was part of what attracted these women to them. Because mm, he was kind of, he kind of had an old Hollywood Cary Grant, uh, you know, good-looking actor vibe about him. So he was good and knowing how to charm the women and tell mm. them how beautiful they are. And, you, you know, it, he knew how to romance the brand. And I, I think that. that was something designers really didn't do before that. Because before that, designers dictated what you were wearing and that was it. They didn't listen to you. Right. Do you and you mean? either you get, went into a store and you either bought what they had. Or and that was you, it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was before Catherine Hepburn and Givenchy became best friends. This is true. No, it was after. Was it? Yeah, it was after. Yeah. It was uh, after no, it has that. to be, yeah. Yeah, so it was really that, like, time when those one-on-ones were, like, Catherine Hepburn, and they were, like, collaborating, creating things, but now we're talking about a brand that's actually putting stuff out there and working with... Well, to that point, it was the relationship, let's say, with uh, uh, Givenchy and Audrey Hepburn, that bond that those two people had. Yeah. That Now this, you know, big-name designer had the same relationship with a group of ladies in Dallas and then a group of ladies uh, in Scottsdale. Yeah. Like, they had that connection, and that's kind of what, I think, got the money going. He understood. Right. So between 1968 and 1973, his line earned an estimated $30 million. Wow! Now, I think $30 million in the late 60s is a lot, lot of money. money. That is a lot. And I bet he had a lot of licensing deals going. I bet he had oh, his fragrances yeah. and bags and oh, shoes. Oh, and that's that. what's coming. He, uh, 1973, he sold his line to Norton Simon Incorporated for $16 million. 1973? Yes. Okay. Then in 1975, Max Factor released Halston, the first fragrance that generated sales, wait for it, Uh-oh. $85 million dollars now in 1975 y'all that was the year i was born namaste but let me just say namaste that you're (laughs) saying but you're saying that he sold for 18 million or he sold for 16 million he sold the line for 16 million and then he got 85 million in licensing from from a fragrance fragrance. yeah that's where it is and the bottle was designed by Elsa Peretti. Oh, may she rest in peace. May she rest in peace. But he really promoted her and used her accessories and the famous bone bracelet. And he really kind of championed his, you know, his friend. I didn't know that. Friend. So, so Elsa Peretti really did a lot of work with Halston. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, she designed the bottle, the fragrance bottle. Right. But he did. she did jewelry and all that collaboration. Oh, yeah. And wow. I believe he... He's kind of the one that got her in the door with Tiffany's. Yeah, that makes sense. And then that, you know, the rest is history, basically. Because that's what catapulted her to... Yeah, Elsa Peretti would be a really, really good power player. We have to do that. Yeah. Yes, we have to do that. He won the Cody Award four times. And basically, the Cody Award is almost like uh, if you morphed uh, a Golden Globe and an Oscar together for fashion people. Okay, great. So he won that. He had a group of girls that were called the Halstonettes. Oh, dear. That included famous, famous 
models, iconic models, Pat Cleveland, Beverly Johnson, and Alva Chin. Wow. Are there, is there like a group called the Williamettes? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm clear. Lots of them. Lots. <laughs> <laughs> In 1977, he designed the uniforms for Braniff Airlines. What airline? Braniff. Braniff? Braniff. I believe that's, it was a German airline. Really? Yeah. No, did I mean, it's the Did you like now. flying on it? No, I was not. I wasn't old enough to get on a plane then, but oh. nice try. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in 1983, Halston signed a six-year licensing deal worth, wait for it again, $1 billion. I'm sorry. But the problem is it was with, and this is the problem for him, it was with the retail chain JCPenney. <laughs> yeah. Now, but here's the thing about JCPenney. That's why it's tricky. It's tricky, it's, but... it's. I mean, it was good for him, but... For the brand, it was and it was called Halston Three. But for the brand, it kind of diminished the cachet that his now what collection year was it? Had. What year was it? Nineteen eighty-three. Well, you know, eighty-three. J.C. Penney was a good. It was J.C. Penney wasn't what it is today. J.C. Penney was an okay brand then. But I mean, but if, my, but if you have, but if you're, you're you're, everyone, you should see the face he's giving me right now. Me defending J.C. Penney. William is about to punch me. And chipping the image. Help! Don't hit me. You have to remember, he was selling like bugle beaded, dolman sleeved gowns and furs at Bergdorf's, and then turned around and made this deal with J.C. Penney. So yeah. it kind of diminishes the value of those. 1983, and what year was he born, you said? He was born oh, the in... the year he was yeah, born is... No, he was born in 1932. Yeah, so he's 51. Yeah. He'd like... He'd done some stuff by then. Oh, yeah. He's like, you know what? Studio he, 54 yeah. took its toll. I'm, well, I'm gonna yeah. Let, I'm going to let it be. Yeah, he... Cash yeah. out. He definitely lived, so... But I think that was his... Kind of... That was part of his downfall, because all of his... Accounts, including Bertha Goodman, just canceled him because oh. they were like, "We can't." He must have known that. I mean, he must have just made that choice. Like, you know what? I'm gonna just close out. I'm gonna just take this check, and I just have to give them my name, and I can retire and do my thing. Yeah, you know. And all through the '80s, the unfortunately, the brand changed hands by so many different backers and conglomerates. And by 1984, he was banned from creating, designing his own. Line, because at that point he didn't even own his own name. Like unfortunately, Isaac, like, like Isaac Israel, he is now. Yeah. But that's a year that only lasted a year before he was banned from his own name. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think, unfortunately, that the nail in the coffin, pardon the pun, um, was the J.C. Penney thing. I yeah. think that's what you know. People were like, okay, we're gonna wash our hands. So yeah. That was the unfortunate thing, but he made an amazing splash and name for himself. Well, I just want to be, as the eternal optimist that I am, I'd also say that there's a whole group of American women that were admiring Halston from a distance. Oh, yeah. And when Halston came to JCPenney, they got to have some of that. Right. So I think we have to also, yes, oh, for sure. the chicness of, oh my gosh, you don't sell the bird darks, that's so sad and horrible. But really, there's also a whole other group of women right. got to partake and enjoy. Right, and to that point, you think of, uh, of current day places like uh, H&M that yeah. now are doing collaborations with couture houses. It doesn't seem to affect them the same way it affected Halston back in the day. Yeah, well, that's also because fast fashion has become such a big thing. Right. I remember when Karl Lagerfeld did a line for H&M. Oh, you yeah. Remember that? And it was, everybody it. was like, 
what? Versace. Like, everyone did it. But he was one of the first. Yeah, he was one of the first. And I just was like, I bought a few pieces of it. It was kind of dumb. But it was it was fun to kind of see that thing. And for a client that doesn't have the four grand for a silk pleated, mm-hmm. you know, Chanel skirt that can go in for $89 and have, like, something that they feel like is connecting to that, I think that that's where that deal came from. So, I mean, as as... You know, long-term business-wise, it wasn't maybe the mo- the best decision. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe you should have done something like Armani, where Armani created, like, AX, you know, Armani Exchange. Right. And they just had, like... But do it for yourself. But you do it can't... for yourself. and then, Or just do it and then, like, kind of sell it out and kind of... But I know AX, Mr. Armani, bought back. Right. Because he was so unhappy with what was happening with it out in the world. Right. Right. So. so, but, you know, at the end of the day, he was a pioneer again. And one of the first, like I said... Celebrity designers, and yeah. you know, and would show up like like you said, Studio Fifty Four with Bianca Jagger, Elizabeth Taylor, Diana Ross, you know, Liza Minnelli. That was kind of his clique going out. So wow. he definitely made a name for himself, and you know, he will never be forgotten. And when did he pass away? He, unfortunately, he passed away in nineteen eighty eight, and he was a rec- recluse in San Francisco. So he kind of so eighty four, he got stopped designing, and then how did he die? Uh, I believe it was complications of AIDS, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, it was a horrible time for... Yeah. For and, the, you know, and that was an era of just basically debauchery. Like, yeah. the, I mean, yeah. thankfully, that era did not have smartphones. Yeah. Because... Right? It if was, you was, think people are acting up now... <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there was a different version of acting up back then, too. Because it was like meeting up and acting up. But... I but there also, were people walking through the club naked. Like, yeah. that, that famous moment of Bianca Jagger on a horse at 3 or 54, he, she was being led by a, a naked man, head to toe. There was no yeah. body paint or something. Yeah, so that I, mean, was I think just it's that like the, the celebration of the liberation of that, and mm-hmm. who knew that coming right after that would be that horrible crisis in America. Yeah. Well, in the yeah. world, really. Yeah. But it's just, it, it, it's, it's sad when you think of people like that and there. And also kind of sad to me that 1984, you know, he's like, basically banned from design like he's he's lost his passion in that and so then to see his next four years would be very interesting i'm really 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 excited to see that netflix documentary i'm excited to see that i was a little it's out just i was a little skeptical and i didn't want to see it before i did this little piece on mr halston but i'm skeptical because halston was such a debonair charming i heard you and mcgregor but brilliant in it it's all about the portrayal of the essence of the person, and I've heard seen clips, and he nails it. Does he? I heard he's brilliant. He it. even sounds just like him. Wow! Can't wait to see. It's five episodes or something on Netflix. That's what I heard. Yeah. I am down for. That. I'm I had down a client for it. Just today, tell me she just finished it, and it's amazing. And I really think there are so many designers today that are influenced by his direction, like Tom Ford, yeah, Michael oh, Kors. Yeah. There's a lot of designers that take from Halston's vision. So, Well, there's so many designers that are able to go and create with the freedom that they have and go through licensing deals and do all that, you know, no. referencing, wow, what he did. And I it's mean, also a cautionary tale for new designers. Don't... Don't get too big. Like, it's better to stay niche. And then... I mean, no you, one's going to listen to you, William. I know, but you just have... All they want is they want to sell a monogram t-shirt for $600. I know. And go and be high all the time. I That's just think just, you can keep the legacy of your brand, like, pristine if you don't get too crazy and try yeah, to... I was just thinking about that the other day. I was thinking about when I was in Gucci. I was just thinking about how sad it is 
that we're in a, oh my gosh, this is going to sound negative. How sad it is that we're in a current culture when really the only pieces that people are down there shopping and wanting to buy are like monogram sneakers, monogram SGOs, monogram flip-flops. It has to say what they're wearing. Right, versus like the real people with the real style going and buying beautiful pieces to put together and they don't want the brand. Right, right. Like I have a client who every time she buys Chanel, we have to like switch the buttons out. She doesn't like the CCs on the bag, so she won't buy any more bags. But like it's, it's, I don't know, I think it's an interesting, but I I think too like it swings back. I think true luxury is going to always kind of... It's not, though. You if don't you look think like, so. Um, if even at Hermes, they're starting to put H's on the buttons, and there'll be, like, Hermes in the print. But I feel like they feel like they have to. I do, too. Yeah, I, I do, feel, too. I don't think that organically is what they want to do, but... And Hermes is like the Birkin, and all that has uh-huh. a style, and uh-huh. has Hermes written on it, and, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much other crazy... We have a crazy little fly. I hope it's not a moth. It is, I have on cashmere. Oh, my goodness. No! Yes! <laughs> Oh my gosh! Poor, amazing, amazing. I'm not. Even, I'm not even gonna say poor Halston. I'm gonna no, say no. He amazing iconic, Halston. Legendary. Rest in peace. Rest in peace to an a master. actual, actual icon. Yes, an actual icon. I um very. That's great. Thank you so much for telling us all about that. Absolutely. Okay, now I want to just know uh, one last thing. Just one more thing. Just one more thing. One more time. Uh, okay, no, no more singing. I mean, we just have got to okay, stop. With sorry the about that. So, um, summer color. So when I was in that shop that you were doing the merchandising for, yes. I also had this thought of, I just want a bunch of color. Yeah. I went um, and bought a bunch of t-shirts from, you know, cost. Mm-hmm. And I... mint green. Really? For men the... or women? Men. Really? No, I went and bought for myself. You think I went... Um, first of all, thank you for thinking I could fit in a woman's mint t-shirt. <laughs> I, you've got, I'm going tomorrow. I it is. Love I'll show green. you the colors. I, they're really good. And I just... And I just really want to have lots of big, happy color. Back to jeans, back to navy, and uh, playing with that. You have to, because I think I think what you're going to see is what happened after the Great Depression. People are going to go completely crazy they as are. far as they like, are already doing that. color, designs. They're going to really go I, they crazy are about it. So Already yeah. doing it, and I'm really, really... Now, here's my question for you. Yes. Like, let's say I have these great colored shirts on top. Like, yes. you know, mint and all that. I'm always, like, dark denim and a white sneaker. And I'm always trying to find ways to make it look... I have a Gucci floral sneaker that I can do that's really Gorgeous. fun. But I'm just always trying to figure out how to best play with that. Because I, I, I feel like I really need to get some more colored pants is what I really need to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love what uh, Ralph Lauren did a couple of seasons ago is he did... It's like he would have a man in a black turtleneck, a black monogram blazer, black shoes, and then like neon pink pants. Oh my gosh, William Clark Jr. I love that. that is so you. I love it. That's I why mean, I'm talking about. It. I love that. I love. You are amazing. I wish I had your style. I you do. No, I don't. Don't be we scared. We have styles. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I am so scared. Listen, everyone, we so appreciate you guys listening to our little humble podcast. Yes. With very unhumble hosts. So humble. We are not humble. Are you yes, kidding we me? are. We please like us. Like us. Please listen to us. L- listen and please share. share. Please just share. Just tell, oh, speaking just, of share. Wait, just tell one person this week. Just tell one person yes. you know and about so our on. podcast and, and so have on. them listen. Just tell one person this week. That's all we're asking. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. One listener at a time. One listener. At a time. What are you going to tell me about share? Speaking of share, today's her birthday. She is how old? 
That I don't know, but it's in the 70s, oh, I yeah, want to say. I hope something. I'm right, because she'll kill me. I mean, she's had no work done. God None. bless her. A fetus <laughs> to the grave. Long live Cher, Everyone have a fashionable, fashionable life, and we can't wait to talk to you again next time on What, what You're Wearing. wearing.